Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show here on New Zealand Sport Radio. Hi, I'm Paul. I'm your host this evening and uh, joining me in about 10 minutes or so will be Boa. So don't worry, it's not just going to be my voice for the uh, next however long. Um, there will be um, two of us uh, chatting about it, uh, about rugby um, this evening. So um, what are we going to talk about? Well, obviously, uh, we're in international season. So we're we talking predominantly about uh, the All Blacks. We'll have a look back at... Uh, We'll have a chat about the USA game. We'll also look forward to the Wales game. Uh, also, uh, we'll have a chat about the Fijian Drua as they have uh, listed a whole bunch of uh, players um, today. I'll uh, probably uh, talk with um, Boa about uh, Moana Pacifica as well, um, uh, just to, to get his to catch up with him on his thoughts as to how they have been going with um, their squad as well. Um, on that one. Um, good evening, Simon, uh, in the live chat. Don't forget, folks, yes, we go live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. You can put live comments in Facebook and YouTube uh, on Twitter. Unfortunately, they disabled that. You can't do that anymore. So uh, if you want to communicate on there, you've got to reply, you've got to just reply to the uh, tweets and drive them all on there, obviously. Also, um, you can catch us as a uh, podcast and listen to the recording afterwards. Uh, just search for New Zealand Sport Radio on your favourite pod catcher. Um, so, um, on the old, um, onto the old uh, uh, Fijian Drua, um, who have named a um, another. Uh, I think it's uh, six or no, seven players um, today, um, which uh, takes them um, now up to thirty-four players. Um, as I've said, there's an, still a handful to come. Um, I think they'll be rounding out at thirty at uh, thirty-eight. Uh, so another four to come over the next uh, week or so. Um, now the really cool thing for them. Um, is that uh, they have uh, already started training over in Fiji due to different travel restrictions and they don't have to um, quarantine going into Queensland. They've uh, also uh, managed to put back their uh, travel there um, by a couple of weeks, so which is obviously helps as the players don't have to sit in um, hotel rooms and also have more time um, with their families before heading over to um, their um, which is um, great um, on that one. Um, the um, 
So let's just run through those um, players. I've got um, uh, um, Masuluma Dolo Lotkoto, um, who is uh, uh, one of um, is, is a is a flying Fijian. Uh, so obviously, he's an international grade hooker. Um, so great to see uh, he's been named. Uh, also with um, uh, Chudraki uh, Samu Samu Vodre, um, who is um, uh, come through the uh, local scene, but also has played over uh, for the Free Jacks in Major League Rugby as a, a fly half come fullback as well. Um, uh, Teti Teller uh, also uh, can play a fly half or um, inside centre. And again, uh, an international, but has also been running around in uh, Super Rugby for um, the Reds uh, and also playing in uh, Queensland. Um, uh Villavi um, Mira Mira, uh, who has uh, is, is a local boy out of Fiji, so fantastic to see him come in uh, in the um, locks um, point of view. Um, the uh, uh, then we've got some a player, um, another hooker, um, Zarail uh, Togitama, um, who has uh, come through uh, Counties Manukau, uh, Villami um, Rarasi. Uh, again, also through Counties Manukau. I like a lot of the, I think Counties Manukau is going to be a source of a lot of players for both the Fiji and Drua and also um, Moana Pacifica. Uh, to about Moana Pacifica, they've gone down to Hawks Bay and taken a lot of players from there, which has been um, interesting um, on that one. Um, and then uh, finally, um, uh, Hariti um, uh, Hetet uh, is uh, also um, uh, been playing for Waikato and Bay of Plenty. Uh, as well as playing for the New Zealand Maori side, so um, or the Maori All Blacks, uh, so um, uh, so yeah, so he's also come in, but is also is also a capped uh, Fijian international. So look, um, quite a lot of Fijian internationals, which is exactly what we're expected to see. We didn't expect it necessarily to be their first choice players, um, but um, and as we mentioned, I think it might have been Friday uh, that we also talked about, um, or was it Sunday? Actually, sorry, it was Sunday, wasn't it? Uh, about how. Uh, news had come out that about uh, 10 to 15 players um, had been uh, uh, sort of interested, um, but uh, there was no commitment, so they ended up going to Europe. Now, whether they would have uh, stayed and, and played for the Fiji and Drua or the Moana Pacifica on the uh, Super Rugby salaries, or whether they would have stayed in, in Europe for the European salaries, um, we'll have to wait and see. And as we saw uh, at the weekend, when we looked at the 10 highest paid players, uh, in in, uh, in in World Rugby, uh, that only two of them, Hooper and uh, Bowden Barrett, were based in Super Rugby, and both of those uh, had uh, their earnings um, boosted by sabbaticals to Japan. So, look, um, there is obviously a big uh, monetary difference um, between those. So, great to see the Fijian Drua still uh, going through their um, naming their players and uh, get themselves pretty much up to a full squad there, which shows you that. Uh, uh, that's all progressing um, kind of uh, nicely um, on that one. Um, the uh, I already had a couple of comments in the live chat um, around the USA game. Uh, so let's uh, get to those then. Um, the reviewer says USA gets very few tier one games outside the World Cup, um, especially compared to Japan. Um, so that's part of the uh, problem. Um, yes, the... And also having them out, having those tier one games outside the window um, really uh, gets uh, hasn't helped with this one in particular. Uh, with the when they're, they're going to lose to the All Blacks, even if they had their full strength team, um, let's uh, be honest uh, with that one. Uh, look, 
Um, I do think that uh, the USA does pretty well uh, out of tier one games for a tier two country. Uh, quite often they'll get um, a Scotland or an Italy uh, traveling through for a game uh, during the mid-year window as they travel now to, on the way to Argentina uh, being added on to that. Um, so um, the uh, it would be interesting to, I'm not actually going to look at the stats review, the review maybe I will do, to see, uh, to look at how many tier one games both the USA and Japan have had recently. Now, clearly, um, Japan, with the run-up to the Rugby World Cup, there were various teams um, definitely having extra games with them uh, in the run-up to the 2019. Um, and World Rugby was also obviously part of that to try and make sure they were as competitive as possible for their home at Rugby World Cup. If the USA uh, does win the bidding, um, the rights to host the Rugby World Cup, we could see something similar um, happen to um, them. And uh, joining me, must it, uh, is uh, Con. Hi, how are you doing, sir? Good. Just thought I'd keep you company until uh, the main man comes along. Well, he has been on and dropped off. So um, I, I was in the middle oh, of speaking, so I didn't bring him in onto screen. But so there we go. So I don't know what happened there. there but he was, he was there momentarily in the green room um, uh, backstage. But uh, yeah, he's not there now. Um, just uh, also rounding off on this one. Um, Simon Hughes, the Estricus, um uh, Major League Rugby. Uh, now, I'm not quite sure what about the respect to Major League Rugby has happened, uh, has, has been going on. Um, I've not um, uh, seen uh, uh, seen the comments on that one. But look, Major League Rugby is in its infancy. Not only that, but also COVID has got in the way um, of things. So yes, look, it does need time um, to grow. Um, it um, will be, um, uh, look, it, it will take time, uh, but it will, but uh, over time, it will become a uh, significant league uh, in uh, the um, rugby world, and here he is. Yeah. Very well, thank you. My apologies. Being an environmentalist takes time, so uh, just uh, <laughs> cleaning up uh, some of the wash in the uh, estuary. So uh, now, glad, glad to be on the show, and uh, hope everyone is well, and hope everyone is safe. Yeah, cool. Absolutely, good speaker um, seat you got there, Boa. It looks like it could be quite loud if you're not careful, though. Cheapest. That's why it's got the. Uh, that's why it's got the uh, air defenders on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's look, just, just earplugs. It's, it's it's about quality. It's old school, cut copper wire. Uh, this thing at the back uh, was assembled in 1967 in Wahi, where Paul currently lives. Because uh, nice. back then there was trade restrictions between Japan and New Zealand, so you could only bring parts in and assemble it. Uh, but it, uh, I, I don't crank it up too much. I just use it for my old uh, LPs. It's cool. Bill Frank Sinatra cool. and, uh, and those sort of, those, 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 those nice. sort of, those sort of people. Um, the, um, uh, talking your, about assembly um, of things, sorry, by the way, folks, if you're, uh, if you like, uh, if you, if you like to assemble things, then um, have a, uh, uh, check out at driving mall um, on Twitter and have a look at the uh, wooden stables that, that I've, that oh. uh, I've got for sale on trade me. So just search for wooden stables for Schleich horses. Uh, it's a toy one that uh, you can assemble, um, and uh, that's up for sale. So have a look for that, please, folks, um, as that's my new uh, venture to try and feed myself, um, since you guys won't pay for me to talk about rugby too much. Too much. Um, but uh, talking about paying for me to, pay to talk about rugby, uh, the I've had a chat with the Attacking Scrum podcast through the Welsh podcast, um, and um, that's... Uh, is something that uh, that will be coming out tomorrow for a full year for your ears only, uh, previewing the getting a Welsh view of ahead of this uh, game 
um, against the All Blacks. Obviously, we'll be talking tonight, getting an All Blacks view ahead of that game um, as well. Um, uh, so Simon say that a lot of people are saying that Major League Rugby isn't um, helping the uh, USA Rugby to improve. Um, boys, what are, you, are your, uh, any kind of thoughts on that one? I think, um, sorry, do you say boys or boa? I think you said boa, boys. didn't you? No, I said boys. Oh, there we go. Okay, good, good. good. <laughs> um, just uh, look, I think it absolutely will. Um, you just, you know, depth improves teams. You know, uh, occasionally it can, uh, mm -hmm. you know, a team, uh, a country without depth can put together a really good side. Uh, Australia <laughs> occasionally shows that. Now, what I mean by that is they punch well above their weight considering some of the depth they have. Um, but uh, it will absolutely improve USA. And if, if you have a look at it, a lot, a lot of the players in each of the Major League Rugby uh, teams are American. It's not just a bunch of, um, you know, expats and everything like that. I know there are quite a few and a lot of the marquee players are expats, but there are a lot of Americans. One comment I would, wanted to make on one of your previous uh, callers is, one of the things, I know there's a lot of noise about how this game is a negative, and I, I understand why, but I think it part of this may not be that the USA has gotten worse. I think New Zealand rugby lately has gotten a lot better at putting big scores on teams that aren't great. And it's just an unfortunate reality of... You know, um, I, I understand that Tonga wasn't it wasn't the best Tongan team, but um, I, I don't suspect a uh, an Australian team or a, and, and Australian teams in the past have put together some massive scores, um, or an English team or a Welsh team or an Irish team. If Ireland got to play them, I don't think they would have put a hundred on them. Um, so yes, may may not have been the best look, and I'm sure it didn't inspire a lot of players, but. Um, I don't necessarily mean think it's that they're getting a lot worse. I think the style that the All Blacks are playing lately, just with the offloading and the passing out wide, was just a bad combination for the American team. The original, Bo, what do you think about Paul's yeah. original query about the Major League Rugby? Look, I'll start by agreeing with the last bit what you said. I think the All Blacks, and particularly New Zealand high performance teams, are, you know, they're exceptional. And it was a gross mismatch. It was like trying to run a country horse against a, a, a group on multiple winner. And, you know, you know what the outcome was. Uh, it was just a case of how much the margin of victory is going to be. We knew it was going to be daylight, but no one expected. I mean, I certainly didn't expect 100 points. I would have expected maybe uh, 8 to 10 scores, i.e. 8 to 10 tries, 60 to 70 point margin. But... Boy, 59 and a half time. That was that was quite pulverizing. It's like watching a throwing an egg and a frog into a blender and just kind of let it run. It was it was that bad because all it looked was the USA looked really good running backwards, and you could clearly see their numbers on their white jerseys. Uh, so yeah, I think that's one side of it. As far as MLR goes, what you uh, rugby USA really need to do is they need to have a very clear high performance strategy and look to align what the MLR franchises are doing with their test squad. By that, I mean, put some regulations around it, look at getting some mandatory minutes, much like what NZR are doing with their players and the Super Rugby squads. And of course, there's good alignment between the uh, Super Rugby coaches and the All Blacks coaches. So there's good synchronization with what their desired outcomes are. So if 
USA put some structure and processes in place where they can uh, monitor and develop the form line and skills and experiences of some of their players? Yeah, sure. I think the USA will be well on its way to improving. Will there be world beaters? That I don't know. It might take a couple of decades. I mean, you know, rewind 25 years, if you recall, Japan playing against uh, the All Blacks in the 1995 World Cup. All Blacks pretty much ran a, a second string side and racked up to 145 points. Fast forward 25 years, you can see where Japanese rugby is now. So there's, there are plenty of blueprints the Americans can learn from. It's just coming up with a high performance strategy, which is consistent so that the players, their earmark and talent pool can progress and so that they could create cycles of four to eight year uh, quality talent pools. Absolutely. I think um, just on your, well, that... your mention of Japan, um, what was the score in NZ Japan um, 2018? It was a pretty big score, wasn't it? And I don't think even, I think the All Blacks played pretty poorly. And that was against a, a team, I think we might have, did we score 60 points? This was the, the, the pretty experimental All Black side. Um, let's say it was 50. I think it was, I think it was a, a, somewhere around there. I mean, Japan would have thrown all the, the players they had at that game because um, they, uh, you know, t teams love to play the All Blacks. And that's why one of the reasons why the USA were keen to do it. They love to play them. It's like New Zealand playing Brazil in football. We'd love to play them, love to play USA in basketball, of course. Um, and uh, and Japan, you know, they did get a bit of a bit of a shellacking against us. Um, uh, but it doesn't take away from what they've done and what they did the next year. They beat Scotland and Ireland in the World Cup. Um, some of it's timing, some of it's kind of, some of it is probably 60, oh yeah, to be fair to the reviewer, that's a good, uh, good point, but it is still 69 points, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big score, so um, um, yeah, but agree with you, Boa, um, they do need a bit more strategy. One thing that one of you guys might know a bit more than me about is a year or so ago, Glendale pulled out of MLR because they didn't believe that it was aligning with the national teams um, that, well, with the, with the Eagles' best interest. And I don't really know why. There's very little information on it. It was a very unusual decision. Do you, do you guys know anything about uh, that and whether there was any kind of, I guess, um, you know, truth to, to what they were saying? Uh, I, I, I'll just step in here for a second. I do know a little bit because I've got a few players have been involved in the past who, who now have a lot to do with MLR as well as some coaches. It was, uh, you know, uh, I think Rugby USA had a, had a very turbulent time. In fact, they went to liquidation and there was, there, was, there was a lot of things which happened in the background. So partly it was a bit political, uh, but one side of the equation, particularly from coaching and managing high performance players, uh, it was a case of, you know, every franchise and every club wanting to look after themselves, which is understandable. However, there's, again, no clear-cut strategy between the clubs, i.e. the franchises in the MLR, and the, the high-performance team, which is the USA Eagles. So I think because there's this disjoint, and that is something which is being discussed currently, uh, and I have, to, I have to give credit to the uh, Eagles, this site, which got absolutely uh, you know, railroaded by the All Blacks, was a site picked completely out of form from the MLR. So yeah. again, it's, it's a case of identifying who these players are from the MLR clubs, giving them uh, 
uh, a good timeline they can work with, having clarity on how they are going to develop and fast track them and see what these desired outcomes. I'm yet to see any of that. Let's hope mm. that they do put some um, structure in place. We just have to wait and see and hopefully uh, for the good of world rugby, USA can really step up and we will have another team who can hopefully ruffle a few feathers. Hello, I mean, um, so in Glendale, yeah, there was, as you say, there was some politics involved. Uh, they, they weren't, they didn't necessarily agree with how the, yeah, the direction Major League Rugby was going and um, now, and, and sort of, so they, they, they pulled out of that and uh, USA Rugby has gone and set up camp in Glendale, which is interesting. Uh, and uh, we're running various camps and things out of there. So, uh, so Glendale will still have a rugby uh, presence um, in that one. As Simon's saying, there's apparently there's a doco on ESPN uh, about it. You might be able to watch it on Sky Sports. Um, the, uh, the, I mean, the other side of things is look until about two years, well, probably probably about three years ago now, the USA had never fielded or uh, or never been able to select an entire squad of professional athletes. Um, and Major League Rugby has allowed that to happen. So the um, and I think we saw that in that second half, I, well, I guess one of the things that you kind of historically expect is for um, a lot of tries in the last quarter. We didn't particularly see that this time. In fact, the All Blacks scored more tries in the first half than the second half, um, which yeah. shows you that they that the American players were playing probably at a similar level all the way through. Um, but the the um, uh, a the drive, but also the when the subs came on the all blacks just didn't manage to keep their shape as well um yeah. was, was probably what we saw so i think we are seeing so there's so they they the, the level of fitness should be better um now i know a couple of years ago gary gold was helping uh, and his his team were helping each of the major league rugby um teams by doing uh, analysis of the games uh the major league rugby games and giving them kind of what what they saw out of those games now whether um that's still going on. I don't know, uh, and I think one of the big differences you've got between one of the things what we mentioned during the um, the uh, five pm lockdown beer show was that uh, Major League Rugby is one of the few games, is one of the few leagues in the world that isn't funded through international rugby payouts from the Central Union, mm -hmm. right? Uh, which is what Super Rugby is, Premiership Rugby is, Top Fourteen, and the URC. They're all funded through basically handouts from the unions. Uh, that they, that they the income they generate through international so um there isn't the there isn't that financial control of major league rugby by the union that you have got of super rugby by new, the super rugby franchises by new zealand rugby for example um so they are independent they can they they they, they uh, i mean for example in new zealand the head coach and one of the coach of each super rugby franchise is paid for by new zealand rugby mm. um that's something that comes they're not even paid their pay comes straight from New Zealand rugby, not from the, not from the Super Rugby franchise. So um, you kind of do what your paymaster tells you, right? <laughs> that doesn't happen over there in the states. So they are independent; they don't have to follow a set formula that Gary Gold wants them to. Um, but uh, but my understanding is he does have a, a working relationship with each of the of, of the of the teams. It's going to be better and worse depending on which team, which coach it is. Clearly, and that's just yeah. human nature. Um, but my understanding is he does have a working relationship with them. And unlike when, um, oh, who was the American rugby coach, um, head of um, the South African guy who's now with England, or actually was with England, just left England, um, I've got blank, 
Oh, Mitchell. No, that's not. He's, he's not Southgate. He's, he's John Mitchell. John Mitchell. Yeah, and John Mitchell. Sorry, yeah, John Mitchell was. was, was he, did play, he did coach in South um, Africa as well, didn't he? In, uh, he did. That's right. Sorry about that. Um, but um, he didn't live in the USA, for example. Whereas at least Gary Gold has moved to the USA, yeah, lives there full time, um, and uh, part of that one. So, um, so yes, as Simon said, yeah, John Mitchell, not South African. Thank you. Sorry about that. Yes, my my, my error. Yeah. Um, it would be the, great uh, if they, they were able to pull, pull. I mean, they're doing what everyone's probably, you know, they've got the competition in place. It's, it's, it's working. Uh, and so it's on the right track. And how, how big would it be to have a, I mean, effectively in the last, I would say, I don't know, maybe 2003, I know 2007 was when it happened, but we went from having, there's always been the pools of death, but there weren't really more than eight teams that you that could realistically make it to the semi-finals of a World Cup. And then Argentina kind of shocked everyone and did very well in 2007. And now every World Cup, no one would be surprised if they made it to the semi-finals. And now in 2019, uh, we now have Japan, who no one would be, well, it would be a surprise, but it's, it's certainly a lot more people would be... Uh, uh, the TAB would be offering not as significant um, pre the 2023 World Cup. They'll be offering pretty high odds, but not as significant as before 2019 for Japan to get to the semi-final. At the moment, the USA isn't in the picture for that. Um, you know, they don't tend to do well in World Cups, unfortunately. But it would be great to have no longer have a pool of death, but have all the pools that have three teams that are very strong contenders for getting out of the pool. At the moment, we've got two pools out of four that have three teams that are, you know, you just don't know. And that's the one that includes Argentina and, uh, and Japan. Now, Fiji, obviously very, very, you know, that they, they can beat anyone in there, you know, on a good world cup. But I think, um, you know, it's, it's that fourth pool as well. That would be, would, would, that it would be great to have USA there as a true contender to, to go deep. Yeah, look, it's going to be interesting, isn't it, with Fiji and Drew, Are we going to see Fiji step up and become actually, yeah, you say, a proper quarterfinal contender? Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, the uh, on on uh, on that one, um, Simon Hughes says that the top fourteen is quite sustainable by itself. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think the French Rugby Union uh, pays pays handsomely for access to players, um, and um, a whilst the owners all spend lots of cash, all those teams lose money. Um, so the, uh, a bit like the Gallagher Premiership. I mean, when Bouchelad says that as a um, uh, as only a uh, multi-millionaire, he can't compete with the billionaire's owners uh, in the top 14, that tells you that the serious, that, uh, that yeah, it needs serious outside investment. They're not self-sustaining by any stretch of the imagination. Um, on, um, on that one, which is interesting, Paul. Just, just, just questioning. Just question for you. Um, they're obviously paying a bit of money to bring players like you know, um, Manonu and and such. In. Um, how are they being funded? Considering it's fair to say they're not bringing in a huge amount from, you know, um, door sales. <laughs> you know, the crowds are quite small. Uh, to be fair, no, it's impressive for what they're doing, but you know we're not talking forty thousand people, uh, and I imagine the TV rights are pretty limited. You know they they were you know last year they were streaming you know on I think um, just on Facebook and that kind of thing for for some of it and local um, local 
uh, TV. I think each some of the teams had sort of like a local broadcaster, which probably wasn't paying much to get that on. So <clears throat> where are where is the funds coming from to bring a man on or over? Okay, so each of the teams in Major League Rugby um, have a salary cap of half a million dollars um, a year. Um, reportedly, Adam Ashley Cooper and um, Matt Gitto, who you'd expect to be two of the higher paid players or highest paid players over there, won $45,000 for their season. Okay, gotcha. So it's a, so it's a lifestyle. There's, there's, there's no real, there's no big money in MLR. Let me yeah. reiterate that most of these guys are playing because they really, there's, you know, they love the game that much. They just yeah. have to play rugby until they're 65 or financially they just just have to play rugby to make a living. Yeah, can't get the contract. The other. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. No, no, that's, uh, that, that's cool. Well, that, that, that's because um, they, they just do seem to be pulling more and more, I guess, uh, players um, that you would think Manonu could probably get a decent Japanese contract, although maybe I'm overstating his, uh, well, yeah, or, or earn the similar money on a, in a local team, um, but maybe it's lifestyle as well. Based on what's happening in Japan currently, it's going to be extremely difficult for ex All Blacks who are, you know, well, well past their use by date to actually get a gig. The the, the reality is, uh, you know, the the Japan League is is a, is a, it's a very very competitive league, and everyone's out there to win, and there's big bucks on offer for the right profile players. So that's why you don't see players who are uh, former All Blacks who won a World Cup maybe two World Cups ago, where you're seeing actually guys who are current All Blacks who are getting sab- sabbaticals and some yeah, of the All Blacks who just retired. So I think very difficult to, uh, it's, it's unfair to compare what's happening in Japan with MLR. MLR, in, in my opinion, is, is not the greatest of standards, but it's, it's on its way up there. And if anyone is uh, having uh, ideas of becoming a billionaire rugby player, playing in the Melar, sadly, that's not going to happen. Not anytime soon. No, but, but if we go back five, ten years to Japan, they were hiring um, the kind of players that Major Rugby is now hiring, right? And, yeah, but yeah, they've progressed, true. and now they've and now they've got current Springboks. You've got players mm. actually in um, Corey Hill. Who is a was was being talked about as being the next uh, as being potentially a Wales captain at some point? Um, he's gone mid-career over to Japan. Chris yeah. um, uh, uh, went again. He was no. He was definitely not at the end of his career. He 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 ended his England career early to go to Japan. So I mean, look, there's yeah, um, that will happen to Major League Rugby in a few years. Now there are other players who go over. It's some who go over there for the lifestyle. I mean, players like um, say the Beast. I think he went over there to just. What is it like to live in the States and get paid to do it while you're, at, while you're out there? And then you've got other players who have gone over who see it as more of a long-term thing. That So if you look at someone like, um, oh, I've gone blank, the ex-England fullback who is with um, the New York um, team. With uh, um, Anyway, um, he's gone over there uh, and he's, he's, he's on to his second or third season now. But you can see that his long-term goal will be to... to Become a coach in the USA, um, and and uh, and stay on like that. So there are players who are seeing it as a as okay. Where will Major League Rugby be in ten years' time? If I get in now, I'll be on the Mega Bucks in ten years' time. Mm-hmm. Um, or what other uh, rugby-related businesses can I get involved in 
while I'm over there because the market is way bigger. I can have a, I don't have to dominate the market. I can just get my 1% slice. But because the pie is so big, that makes me very rich. So there's a number of players. A number, I mean, um, Sarevi has been over there for a long time in Seattle running uh, um, his his thing. Uh, ben Foden, thank you very much, Simon, um, for uh, for the name I couldn't remember. So there, there are those players who are seeing it as a long-term business opportunity for them um, as well. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a mixture as to the kind of players who are, who are heading over there. Um, we've lost Con. He did say we might have to drop off. So um, thank you, Con, for joining us. I'm not surprised that, uh, yeah, he's had to um, disappear. So, Boa, shall we, shall we look forward to next weekend then? Yeah, well, I think, uh, look, it's probably not going to be as bad as what the Eagles <laughs> had to endure. But uh, I, I can't see any other storyline adjust itself uh, because, you know, Wales are missing the number of the first choice guys who are involved in the premiership. Uh, but even if the first choice guys were there, I think, uh, you know, chances, they're, they're, you know, it's long odds for them to create any sort of upset. And uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what sort of side the All Blacks put out and what type of performance they come up with because uh, Ian Foster did sound a bit grumpy, even though 100 points were scored. He wasn't, one of the comments he made was, it was far from perfect, which is correct. It's quite interesting, isn't it? You're far from perfect and you still rack up 100 points. So this, this is the thing, whenever the All Blacks play, unless they win by, I don't know, 500 points and score a try every time they touch the, touch the ball, forgetting that it's a test match, uh, they'll always cop some criticism. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I would have loved to have seen Wales come out with uh, the, the full complement and see if they can breathe some burst fire from the dragon. But uh, yeah, it's not looking good for them. Uh, an inevitable car crash of it. Well, look, if we, if we, if we uh, go, as you say, if we look, look at back at the, the, just very quickly on that comment by, by Hansen on the, the USA game. Look, that first half, there were probably two errors, which led to two tries by the USA. Um, other than that, I think he would have been very happy with the first half. I think it's more the second half that he's grumpy about in the fact that they didn't manage to continue that form all the way through the full 80. Um, so the uh, so yeah, so I think that was I've got to say that first half was eight was was very good by the All Blacks, which is why they racked up so many points. So looking forward to this weekend though, and I guess from a squad point of view, what do you think he's going to do? I I I, I so I did, I did my um, I also did a piece. I used to record the piece for for Jed on his. For his show, the Attacking Scrum podcast, he's got a special coming out on Thursday that will include the uh, the chat we had, I, the, the the other side of the chat we had with him hosting rather than me hosting. Um, but one of the comments I made was we could see as many as 17 changes between the USA game and this game. Um, do you I, I, Essentially, if it wasn't a player coming back from injury, i.e. Dane Coles, Sam Whitelock, um, Sam Kane, except he's ruled. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market himself out, uh, Richard Mwanga, and then Bowden Barrett and David McKenzie. Uh, apart from those six, and as I say, Sam Kane's already ruled himself out, so apart from five, I think the rest, the other 18, probably don't even make the, uh, what, uh, don't, make, don't even make the scene. Well, maybe two of the props have to, because we've only got six props, but, um, but apart from that, I think pretty much everyone else could be having a weekend off. Look, there is, there is that strong possibility, but uh, my line of thinking, and you know, it's obviously my opinion, is that um, I would actually look for a bit of continuity, particularly with combinations, because I, I was actually very uh, impressed with Christie starting at uh, halfback. Another, he played very well with Richard Maunga, particularly his pass, and I was putting, it was actually forcing Maunga to hit the gap at speed, and that's what actually, uh, yes, it was the Eagles, but you could see that first tackle was being broken at will. So some really positive signs there. Um, and also, you know, with some of the uh, some of the guys like Coles um, and also Sam Whitelock, you know, they need the minutes. They absolutely need the minutes. Um, so it's, it's, it's a real fine balancing act. Uh, are we going to make wholesale changes, as you rightly said, you know, up to 19 changes, or are we going to mix and match so that we can get some continuity, particularly in those key combinations in the halves? Um, but yeah, it'd be, be interesting to see. And, uh, you know, I think game plan wise, we saw Will Jordan uh, play uh, a pivotal role in attack where he was a receiver, uh, a number of try assists. He could have easily scored two hat tricks in that game. So are they going to uh, utilize similar sort of tactics or are they going to change it slightly? Are, they, are we going to see a little bit more kicking involved? Um, so I, I, I think it's uh, going to be a, a little bit more the same, but there will be a few changes coming in purely to make sure that the wider squad gets selection and gets some crucial minutes so that they can build up some run-on form for the weeks ahead. I have got to disagree with you. I, I, I think we are going to see 17, 18 changes in this one. I think anyone anyone who started in this game pretty much doesn't, doesn't play in the next game. So, um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that uh, we have Cody Taylor um, comes back with some of Sony off the bench, for example, to replace both hookers. Um, the as far as um, props go, uh, sorry, uh, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd expect to see um, uh, Joe Moody um, come back, um, and um, I've gone blank. Is it Offer on the other side or Carl? Uh, big Offer. Um, Offer so I wouldn't be surprised to see um, Moody and Offer with Carl coming off the bench. Um, and uh, then we would have to have um, uh, gone blank as to so, so one, one of the uh, one of the props from oh, actually Lua Lala. Sorry, no, um, I'd expect to see um, uh, Moody and Lua Lala actually start then with Offer and uh, and uh, and Carl coming off the bench. Carl T. Mm-hmm. Um, in the at the engine room, um, yet yeah, Sam Whitelock keeps his place uh, with um, 
uh, Breda Italic with um, uh, the eye coming off the bench again. Uh, well, moving up, moving on to the bench. So he's one of the few players there because we've only got four um, locks in the in the squad. As far as um, loose forwards go, um, Arnie Surveyor definitely comes back in. Um, and then I guess the, the question then, I was expecting Sam Kane to start, but obviously he's, I say, he's ruled himself out. So um, my guess is we'd have Papu Lihi, uh would get would keep the seven jersey um, and that uh, Akira Wani comes back onto the uh, the six jersey. And then either Jacobson or um, or probably Blackadder actually um, keeps the uh, get, gets the uh, yeah, Blackadder onto the bench. So again, that's um, just one player there keeping it. Um, I expect it to be to Brad Weber to start. Um, and uh, yeah, I think Finley Christie has played himself ahead of TJ, so expect him to, to, to get, take the bench spot. Richie Mwanga then with Havili um, and Anton Leonard Brown in the centres. You're looking at um, Rico Iwani on one wing, um, Severis on the other wing, Jordy Barrett at fullback with Bowden Barrett um, and uh, um, potentially, Will, uh, potentially Will Jordan or Quintapire in that 23 jersey. I think it's, I think it's back to full, full I, I think you go for first choice team against Wales. Oh, well, I, I did say uh, in the precursor to this uh that we are going to see a car crash. Well, I'm going to actually upgrade that now to a train <laughs> crash. It's going to be a train wreck. Well, uh, look, it, it would be... Yeah, look, I mean, I, I, me personally, I just want to see some of the fringe players get some game time because yep. this, this tour really serves uh, that purpose. However, the flip side of it is if the All Blacks are really ruthless, and I mean Dr. No, James Bond type ruthless. Remember Dr. No and Sean Connery, he had the iron hand, he just takes the glass pitcher and just crushes it. If the All Blacks decide to do that, we might get a glimpse of, you know, what we're, what we're actually looking for uh, as far as, you know, finishing, you know, sort of tactical execution and being, you know, merciless on how we dispatch sides. Um, all I have to say is, uh, well, good luck to Wales. Good luck to my friend, uh, Dwayne Pivak, uh, it's a great coach, by the way, uh, and uh, it's it's going to be a <laughs> it's going to be a train crash. So uh, I like the way you're thinking, Paul, and that's I mean that's the full strength side, all bar Aaron Smith and halfback. Uh, so well, and, yeah, and, and potentially Jack Goodhue. I mean, we still don't know who the um, uh, who, who the who, who the who the twelve really is. Um, Frizzell, yeah, I mean, Frizzell could be on the on the bench instead of Blackadder. That's going to come down to how fit he is. He wasn't available last weekend because he wasn't fit, so we don't know whether he'll be available. Whether he'll be available for this one, um, the um, I guess the only question is: Does sentiment come into it? Do you start Bodhi ahead of Richard Mwanga because it's his hundredth cap? Uh, no, not at all. I mean, if you're going to go with the full strength side, we just we just go to we go to crush crush the opposition, just uh, get the fire hose and put the fire out of the Welsh dragon, and then just rip it apart like a little rag doll. Uh, so you, you, if that is the logic on selection, if that's what they're looking for, the form line criteria, we got to start with our best uh, 15 and the best available eight on the bench. Uh, so I think, uh, nah, sentiment's not going to play any part. Uh, you start with your best 23 and, uh, I think Foster will be looking for, uh, a near perfect game, a near perfect game of execution, not so much a scoreline, but making sure that. You know, uh, all the set players, 
you know, they retain the ruck recycle, make sure that they don't lose shape and play 80 minutes of ruthless rugby. And if that's the case, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if we see uh, a similar scoreline to what we saw last weekend. Um, well, I don't think we. I don't think we'll see three figures. Um, whatever happens. Um, Nocturnal says, do we save Richmond Wang for the next game? Um, because no, we don't, because Ireland is the next game. And I think we go straight back to the USA lineup against Italy. Um, so yeah, so so it goes it goes USA, Wales, Italy, Ireland, France. So I think we have obviously the USA team, or the, the basically basically the reserves, uh, or, or the, the squad players. We go first choice against Wales, we roll back out effectively the um very similar to the USA team, but again. Rich Mwanga would come off and Bowden Barrett would start the Italy game or, or, or Damien McKenzie um, at 10. And then you have uh, first choice against Ireland and France um, after that is how I would how I would play it. Um, the, uh, so, yeah, so I, I wouldn't save anybody for Wales. For Wales, as I say, I think it should be a third. Um, we, we treat them. They are the they are the Six Nations champions, right? Now, uh, was it a, a jam slam? Um, because of various red cards and um, in fact they didn't get they didn't, they didn't get the grand, grand slam did they? Um, but as as, yeah. as on the attacking scrum they call it yeah they 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 joke about the jam slam because uh, two of their games uh, against Ireland and Scotland there were red cards. Um, they uh, they lost the last game against France but still won the won the Six Nations. So look, we are talking about arguably the champions of Europe. Are they the strongest team in in Europe? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, and definitely not without players um, who are missing. So, uh, Josh said, "Are the um, are the Northern Hemisphere clubs disallowing release of any Welsh players? They are. So, the players that play in the Gallagher Premiership basically are not available. Uh, there are no players. There are no Welsh players currently playing in France, um, which basically means that their first and second choice fly halves from last year are unavailable. Um, and there's one other player. Um, oh, Lewis Reece Summit on the wing. There's a couple of other." Fringe players, but those are the three main ones. So bigger and um, Sheedy. Uh, arguably, Gareth Anscombe is now their second choice anyway ahead of Sheedy, but um, having come back from injury. But uh, those are the kind of those. So it's not a. It's. I mean, Stuff had an article saying twenty-one players were missing. Yes, there are players like Josh. There are British Irish Lions like Josh Navidi, like Tipperick, who are unavailable to injury. But um, yeah. Uh, there aren't that many players over in over in England um, that they're missing in, in reality. Um, the um, yeah, Paul, so, I, I I have to say just just jumping on what Nocturno is saying. Yeah, I mean this tour is pretty much uh, it's that A B A B rhyme, isn't it? It's, it's tailor made so we could bring in a experimental side. We can then bring our top side and again go back so you can manage the minutes so it's it's in that sense it's really good uh particularly building up the island game and then you know the the grand slam finish uh with france but just make a note with this whole welsh thing i yeah i mean i get that they're missing all that you know top players but the reality is even if these top guys were in the form line which the all blacks bring in uh I can't see it would have made any difference whatsoever. Sure, the Welsh would have been in the game for a while, but I, come on, let's let's 
let's not kid reality here. We know what's coming. It's just a case of if the All Blacks decide to play uh, rugby, which they they hold in excellence, it's it's gonna uh, it's gonna be a runaway victory anyway. So uh, it would have been it would have been nice to see a full strength Six Nations or the European champions. Uh, but after this Saturday, with what's going to happen, Wales won't have a hole to hide in. So I wish them luck. And on that note, uh, I, I would like to say, Paul, I would love to see your sentiments on the selection sheet. We, we pick a full-strength site and uh, actually show show what we're actually capable of. I, mean, I think Wales front full, uh, with a full-strength team would narrow the margin. Um, that, that, that would... Would, would make a slight difference, but but Wales have not beaten the All Blacks since 1953, um, which was a 13-8 uh, um, win in Cardiff for them. Um, so look, it's been a very very long time between drinks. Um, this weekend does not line up as being the the weekend where that'll change. Uh, it, it will change at some point, folks. Um, uh, as we saw, Ireland beat. Um, New Zealand after 100 years of not winning, so it, it will happen at some point. Um, don't don't kill ourselves, but the um, but yeah, as you say, the form lines uh, and the selections uh, criteria for this weekend suggest that this isn't the weekend that it's going to change, folks. Now, why is this game happening? Uh, well, this game and the USA game are happening because New Zealand rugby uh, has lost a bunch of cash, folks, and so is Welsh rugby. Right? <laughs> let's be let's be honest about this one. Um, Will Wales put up more points in the USA? Ooh, now they'll concede less points, but whether they'll score more is is actually is, is an interesting one. Will they score more than 14 points? I don't know, to be honest. Wales could be kept down to that kind of level, that kind of number. Um, and I think that's what Hanson will want to see. He'll want to see. Well, the 30, um, the you know, just, just, just sort of interjecting that. Look, if we do name a full strength side, and if we do hit our straps, uh, you know, we, we, we're, we're in for a big afternoon and Wales might not even get a shout. So let's not rule that possibility out as well, because the All Blacks are one of those teams. They want to attack from everywhere and score on every given opportunity. And all it takes is a quarter of rugby, like what happened in that uh, Tongan game, where every single time they were either receiving from a, a restart and they just went dotted down. Now, don't rule that possibility out this Saturday. Uh, yes, Wales, in some form or shape, are a bigger step up than the USA Eagles. But if the All Blacks put out their best side, um, I don't know. I, you know, maybe USA might have more points than this worst side. So it's going to be a very intriguing, uh, yeah, intriguing observation to be found out. Hey, let's just look over the last few games. So obviously the Mets in the third place playoff at the Rugby World Cup, um, and that finished 40 to 17. Um, so obviously not a lot of points there for Wales. Um, they played then um, back in 2017, it was 33-18 over in Cardiff. Um, and then previous to that, obviously, was the, um, uh, was the, the, the tour over here where the scores were... Um, 39 21 36 22 46 6 so um yeah look it's um looking at those we are looking at a uh, I, I I said 21 points when I was talking with the attacking scrum 
But we're looking for a 20 to 30 point victory. Actually, without those extra players, maybe, yeah, maybe a, maybe a 30, 30 to 40 point victory is what I expect, really. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, if, if, if it's a full strength side, I'm, I'm saying 51 plus. Easy. I think uh, this, this all black side with the attacking weapons they have, um, provided that they, the accuracy is on point, anything is possible. So I'm very bullish about it. Um, I'll be even more bullish on Thursday if they do name a full strength side. I will actually upgrade 51 plus to 61 plus. Now, I would like to point out that Bo was very bullish last year before um, the All Blacks lost to Australia 22 24. Um, and before the All Blacks lost to Argentina, 15-25. Um, so um, sometimes it works, like when um, uh, the, uh, uh, the obviously they beat Argentina 38-0 in the following game, and they obviously beat um, um, the Argentina 39-0 this year. Sometimes it works when Boas is, is bullish. Sometimes, not very often, admittedly, because the All Blacks normally win, but sometimes it doesn't. Most, most times. <laughs> I, I would say a, a strike rate of about 90%. And, and I think... Uh, Particularly with uh, NPC results in the last few weeks, it speaks. Oh no 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 no, no no okay no no I'm 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 very much differentiating here between your NPC predictions, which I think you have a much more uh, even view of both teams, and your international predictions, where I believe you're slightly um, a, a slight bias comes in. Um, if I'm being polite, oh I'd say you're one-eyed in some of those views. <laughs> to be honest, uh, to, on, on the on, on the on the scale of of the victories, um, more so than anything else. Uh, yes, there is. Of course, there is. There is what you call a, a tri-scoring bias because you look at averages. You know, statistically looking at things. The, the only thing I have to say is uh, that particular loss to uh, Australia. I did tip under seven-point victory. The reason is it was Perth. Statistically, we have a, a very peculiar situation. Whenever the all no, 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 that, that that loss to Australia was was Brisbane last sorry, year. Uh, so in the Gold Coast or yep. at Perth, we have this statistical anomaly where the All Blacks kind of go off the boil. The absolute anomaly was that loss to the Argentina Pumas. I don't think anyone would, except, of course, the Pumas themselves, who <laughs> believe that it was possible. True. Anyone would have picked that. However, on the return leg, we saw what happened. So it's sort of, uh, you know, swings and roundabouts. But um, as far as consistency goes, I think there's no disputing the All Blacks as far as all sport globally, one of the most consistent teams to consistently put big victory margins. Yep, no, absolutely, totally agree. Um, kind of the topics I wanted to talk about, um, but since we've got a little time left, um, I would just like to get your take on the uh, Moana Pacifica um, squad building that they've been doing. Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that one? Have you, uh, do you like what you're seeing there or um, do you have some concerns? Yeah, look, uh, some selections, yes, yeah, really good selections. Uh, some curious selections uh, and some selections I think they probably need a bit more depth in, particularly in the locking department. Uh, now, the reason I say this is because if you look at some of the other franchises, they're up against, you know, up against a real quality experience, particularly with the test uh, caps and uh, uh, particularly the, the New Zealand franchises where you, you know, all, all, all the top uh, All Blacks play. Um, one thing I, I can stress, which Moana Pacifica will need, is more preparation time, much like what the Fiji and Drua are proposing. Because again, it's it's time together, making sure the combinations are 
are given enough thought and uh, they're given enough uh, time to uh, do their thing on the training field. Um, yeah, so look, it's I, I don't want to sound overly negative because this whole Warner Pacifica thing is you know it's uh, a new adventure. Um, I, I I hope that these players really step up. But keep in mind when you're playing Super Rugby at the intensity you're supposed to, uh, you know it takes a toll more so mentally. So uh, sort of happy. I'm 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 kind of fifty fifty. You know I'm, I've got one foot saying, yeah, look really some really positive stuff, some really good selections. And, you know, they've, they've mastered this uh, uh, selection process where they announce players, they, they pick two players a day and they kind of drip feed everyone, which is really good. Uh, but on the other hand, I look at some of the players, you know, they, they've got good form at club level and probably cut it at provincial level. But again, some of the top franchises, uh, part of me says that they will struggle a little bit. Yeah, so I just put for those of you watching rather than listening, I just put the, uh, the 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 selection so far up there. So um, so far we've not had a single hooker named, and we've only had one prop. So clearly we need to see what uh, what, what the front row is going to look like. Um, we've had those three locks mentioned um, there, um, all of which uh, one of I think one of which has got some. Actually, no, I, don't, I don't think any of them got super rugby experience at all. Um, so you say, yeah, so yeah, a, a very green um, locking selection so far. Loose forwards looking good. Um, in the halves, looking okay. Uh, the um, especially with who we think is going to be the uh, other scrum halves available to them, so I think it's going to be okay. And I think in the uh, uh, in, in the backs, we're seeing something that's uh, that, that's looking like it could work. And definitely combinations there with Enari, uh, uh, McClutchy, Tuala, um, Vinay, um, uh, there who have all played all played for the Hawks Bay. So clearly there are some um, the uh, some combinations there for them. Um, in that one, um, there's some good good connections coming out of Hawks Bay, and I have to say, you know, the picking of Christian Liliofano, you know, very very good selection. I think that experience he has, particularly playing at the highest level, uh, he's done some great stuff with the Brumbies. And also, personal note, you know, he's a man who actually beat leukemia, and to come back and play at this level, that that takes some courage, and that actually takes a lot of mental focus and skills in uh, being able to transition back and, and come back into the game. And also Lincoln McCrutchy, you know, great, great selection there. So there's, there's, um, there's potential, certainly is. It's a diamond in the rough, but you have to understand at this intensity, first class level, you're playing some of the New Zealand sides, you have to be on your A game. And experience plus, will, will, will count a lot. Plus also, you, we, we, they're going to need a front five to have a platform at set piece, so we have to wait and see what we get there. Um, without without a platform at set piece, you're always going to struggle. Um, let's finish off on Josh's uh, question here. Then, is the whelming depth um, in the uh, All Blacks beneficial or a hindrance to team chemistry? Now, from my point of view, I think the way that um, uh, that we that we that uh, the, the All Blacks coaches select their players um, uh, because of the consistency of selection uh, that's uh, basically there's a spine that is always selected uh, and then they'll change players around it and hence that's why I don't think it is a hindrance to team chemistry but it does require a certain amount of discipline by the selection criteria to make sure that you do have that core 
um, and uh, that you, at the end of each Rugby World Cup cycle, what they'll do after Rugby World Cup is go, which players are not going to make it to Rugby World Cup, which players are, and the players that are effectively are a short selection unless they get injured. Um, and that allows them, which will be about a half to uh, about a half the squad, um, which means you bring in a half a half fresh fresh new squad. Um, but it's always built around um, half of a squad who's always who's who knows each other already, and that's how you don't lose the team chemistry. That's how it looks at from from the outside. Bowie, you have a bit more uh, as 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 a as a coach developer and uh, talking to a lot of coaches. Uh, is is that kind of what you see? Uh, I would disagree with you, Paul, and I'll tell okay. you why. Because over the last two to three years, NZR High Performance have actually put a lot of thought into this particular area, where, like you said, the spine, it's what we call the nucleus of high performance. So if you take the analogy of an atom, you have your nucleus, the neutrons and the protons in the middle. So those are your key players, and then you have your electrons running around. Uh, and also contractually, in the high performance contracts, which these All Blacks have signed, which correlates to their super rugby contracts, there are a certain amount of managed minutes. And also there is a very clear, uh, there's some very clear KPIs, particularly on-field KPIs, specific to their position. So there's a lot of information, there's a lot of clarity on what is expected. And what this has actually led to is uh, a very competitive environment at the high performance level. So let's say, let's say we have a squad of 36 players, uh, and, and also there's an expectation that based on meeting these KPIs, you're actually never out of the picture. You're contracted, uh, you're, the information keeps flowing. And if you don't make that game day 23, or if you just fall to the, the, the lower ranks of the pecking order, you're actually never out of the equation. It means that you have systems and processes in place where you work on your strength and conditioning, you work with skills coaches, you work with your classroom analysis and you're very, very much connected. So it's a, that whole uh, analogy of an atom where everyone who's not part of that nucleus or just yet, they just kind of revolve around the fringes and, and there's every chance for the really good electrons to come straight in and be part of that nucleus. So um, I, I take a very different view. I think it's, uh, I think it's wonderful. Uh, yes, there will be inevitable drownings in this very wide and deep uh, talent pool, which is as deep as the Mariana uh, crater. Uh, but again, because there's lots of clarity and the expectations are laid out very clearly, what this actually does is it creates a, a, a high level of comp, you know, competitiveness. And of course, it's a, it's a very healthy level of camaraderie. So we've actually evolved from uh, the times where, you know, people were trying to, it was doggy dog and they were trying to cut each other's throats. It's a very different sort of view at the high performance level and all these things are actually monitored and players aren't allowed to either be completely burnt out or they will never allow them to fall right off the cliff so to speak I, there has been one exception i mean there's been one drown that i can think of over the past well sort of uh, decade which has basically been um uh, julian surveyor and probably about the only time you've seen New Zealand rugby invest in a player for a Webby World Cup cycle and actually uh, not make it. Uh, and uh, he, he, he was about the only player I can think of who has left half, halfway through a, uh, has been dropped entirely. Um, maybe actually Israel Dagg. Um, I think he missed every World Cup. 
Um, so maybe there's a couple there, but they are very few and far between where there is a a, a player that is, that is contracted that doesn't make it. It was kind of amusing seeing Israel Dag on the New Zealand um, Airways uh, Rugby World Cup adverts, but not selected for the team um, for 2015, was it? I think. Um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, 2015. So, and, and I mean, um, look, so, yeah. this, this always going to be like a good example. I mean, not, not World Cup, but Wire for Peter is one of them. You know, he was, I mean, mm-hmm. we all remember what he did against the Pumas. And Steve Hansen came out and said, uh, Sir Steve Hansen, big pardon, came out and said, you know, he's that sort of player who puts the fear of God into the opposition. But then it was just he completely went off the boil. And then he's obviously moved overseas. Uh, and of course, you know, financial pressures come into the equation as well, because these big, uh, uh, best example I can give you is Charles Pieter. Recently, we had a uh, list of highest paid players on the planet. And you can see only one all black. And that's thanks to the Sangolai's contract. Borden Barrett featured in it. So if you really want to be rich, being an all-black is probably not the right thing, purely from a financial point of view. In the short term, now, if you finish up as a 100-test all-black, um, there are um, there are um, business opportunities for you post-career that aren't available to you as a five-test all-black have gone overseas and um, have uh, earned money during a playing career. So there is... Uh, there, um, there is a bit of a long game to it if you do stick around for hundred caps on that one. But but um, not not everyone not everyone will get to be a hundred no. cap all black. It's 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 such a select pool, and therein lies the challenge. And you have to be the cream of the crop to mm. graduate into that class or out of that class. Big fun. True. Um, final then final question then from Nocturnal Rights. I, I don't have the answer to this one, but uh, Sam Dixon he says. Um, the loose forward and uh, obviously seven's background. Uh, has he left his change to move over to 15s too late? Um, look good on Friday night. What's your thoughts on that one? No, not at all. And great observation, Doctor. In fact, we, we saw an old school number eight try, didn't it? Picking straight from the base and he just went straight through. And boy, beautiful body position. And you could see he actually attacked the line uh, in a crouched position. He wasn't running upright. And that was the beauty of it. Has he left it too late? No, absolutely not. I think he's learned a lot from his craft in the sevens. And and sometimes, you know, players mature at a later stage, what you call the late bloomer theory, uh, in different codes. So I think Sam's just starting to hit a little uh, uh, a purple patch in the 15s. But that said, he is playing in a struggling Canterbury NPC side. And that was one little brief moment so we need to see more consistency but in my view purely from what i've seen as a coach and as a coach educator and developer working with players with their skills no absolutely not sam dixon has not left it too late and another really good example i can give you in the recent past is samu karevi he go he went back to sevens came back a far better player and if you can recall uh you know jonah nareki with the otago highlanders uh same sort of thing, you know, had he stint with uh, the sevens. So, in fact, what I'm seeing is players who've gone, uh, been playing uh, sevens rugby and coming back into the 15th, actually coming back better players. So, Sam but, Dixon... But, 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 but Revy, to, to be fair, Sarevi went and played in Japan and only played sevens at the Olympics, essentially. He didn't didn't, didn't, didn't go long-term sevens. It was, it was a very, very short period that, that he was there. Um, sure. The, I mean, the other thing also to, 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 to be careful of here is that... Um, 
is Sam Dixon, and I know there's a couple of players, a couple of sevens players who have joined Tasman. Are they actually um, are they actually long term fifteens, or is this just a stopgap because uh, the New Zealand sevens team are not going to the HSBC um, World Series stops because of travel restrictions at MIQ? Um, so is this just about about filling in a bit like the Blackfern sevens played um, Farrah Palmer Cup last year? Um, and then when the uh, Olympics was back around, they all went back to sevens. So is Sam actually having a real shot at 15s? Or is he just playing 15s for uh, for this season, waiting for the sevens to come back around again? We don't know. So um, it, uh, uh, if you don't see him getting a Super Rugby contract, that might be why, is that he's not actually making a real shot at 15s. He's just, uh, just, just staying fit and doing something. Um, yeah, look... Uh... That you know, be that as it may, but I mean, if these guys make use of the opportunity, because high—that's what high performance is all about. High performance is making your best available assets, i.e., your players, and fitting them into a role. So it's about having conversations. Sam Dixon, I have to say, does have the talent to make it in the 15s. I'm not suggesting for a moment that all the sevens converts. Now we had example with Dan Norton. Um, you know, when the English sevens was disbanded, obviously he needed to make a living. So he came and played premiership and he has since floated back into the, the sevens fold. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I hear you loud and clear, Paul, but, um, you know, if the opportunity is there, I really like what I saw of Sam Dixon uh, and his little brief moment of scoring that try number eight has sort of gone viral as well. So we'll wait and see with some interest. Yep. I also, also the difference between... Um is that uh, also Dan Norton, no, incorrect, because that's Dan Norton's an English person. I was thinking of um, uh, the speed stick um, over from the USA, the tall, skinny guy, gone blank. Anyway. Alan Isles? No, the other one, um, Perry Baker. Um, basically, Perry I, was Baker, thinking, yeah. I, I thought you were referring to him and say, look, both, I mean, both Carlin Isles and Perry Baker don't have high school backgrounds in rugby, whereas um, Dan Norton, I think, does. So that's a bit different. Anyway, thank you so much for your time, Boa. Thank you, everyone who's joined us in the live chat, um, everyone who listens normally uh, for the podcast. Um, please all stay safe and uh, get vaccinated. Let's get ourselves back to normality as quickly as possible. Um, and if you'd like to support New Zealand Sport Radio, don't forget um, patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio. Good night. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.